1: never never could i want to reach out
2: and grab you
3: Welcome to this week's Radical Retro Rewind, our first Halloween special. Joining me today again as co-host is my brother David, also a fellow Halloween lover. Matter of fact, has his wedding anniversary on Halloween day.
2: I do. I had a masquerade ball type fantasy wedding and uh, it was a lot of fun and it just adds to the, the specialness of this time of year and this holiday.
3: Going on that, definitely. I feel like Halloween has always been that holiday for me. Of course, Christmas and all those other great, amazing holidays. But when most kids were thinking about summer and the pool, I was dreaming about fall, that slight chill in the air, and the magic that only Halloween can bring. (laughs) So (laughs) when we were discussing what to do for the Halloween episode, David had come up with Top Witches. Now, Halloween and witches go hand in hand. And I think... We have a great list. We don't know each other's witches just yet. But I suspect
2: that there's going to be some crossovers because I know for sure that there's at least one set of witches that we both can agree upon are in our top ten list. And I'm sure that the guys over at Brunch with the Hollowells would agree.
3: Can anyone guess these powerful witches? A matter of fact, they are the most powerful witches of all time in the context of their own show.
2: And who can forget (laughs) Freebie? Freebie Hollowell.
3: Freebie Hollow and her sister Pipper. <laughs> so growing up in the 80s and the 90s, I feel like back in the day, there was so many Halloween specials. I mean, from Garfield to just even Halloween movies that they would air back in the day or cartoons that they made especially just for Halloween. Charlie Brown,
2: The Great Pumpkin.
3: That's right, that's a tradition every year, The Great Pumpkin. Was
2: Mr. Boogity, do you remember that? Mr. Boogity, which I have a bootleg of that I haven't watched in a really long time, was that part of a Halloween lineup?
3: I believe it is. And a matter of fact, I think you could get rid of your bootleg because I believe that Disney actually put it on Disney+. Plus.
2: Probably. I mean, that would make sense.
3: They're digging everything out of the vaults besides the Song of the South
2: zippity doo at his day. Zip it up.
3: <laughs> Zip it. So going back to the early 80s and 90s, these Halloween specials were always uh, an important part for me. It was just an event, I feel like, back in the day. Especially David, he got to see Freddy and Jason movies as what it was almost like a yearly tradition, right? They would release them in October for, for Halloween each year, a new entry into the series. We had Elvira, she was hosting MTV things, she was hosting, I mean, she was doing even commercials for beers back in the day and everything was haunted and we want to throw back to those days when life was simpler and all it took was some spooky goodness to make your holiday a little better
2: and i might add you could buy a halloween costume in a box a small box and mask you couldn't even breathe and it was hard and the 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 outfit was basically uh, a vinyl tablecloth with holes in it.
3: It was a vinyl tablecloth. And that's and what mask... you got.
2: and that's what you got. There was no elaborate, you know, costuming. There was no Etsy.
3: There was no Etsy, and a matter of fact, those masks would continuously break, and then they would get like sharp edges, so your face would be
2: <laughs> cut up.
3: Oh, yeah, wow. cut up and attacked by these plastic masks with these straps and they had the, just basically what was like a little C3PO mouth hole that you could might, might be able to stick your tongue
2: through yep. <laughs> very <laughs> similar to, to eye like eye the purge masks like some of the masks from the purge yes. that kind of just crazy because I was actually just at spirits with my kids saw a few like throwbacks because I was like oh my god these are the type of face masks that you know you can't breathe out of so that's perfect for COVID it's the face shield <laughs>
3: It's a face shield, it's a character, all in one. Going back to that, now, Halloween is a little different this year, but what did the kids like? Is there any costumes that called out to them? So my
2: 14-year-old, he just turned 14 on the 17th, is going as Naruto. I can't say this right, it's Japanimation. I should really... I think
3: that's how you say it, Naratu.
2: Nar- Um And um, Joe is a Power Ranger. I don't know why. He wanted to be Marshmallow, which is funny, because Marshmallow, everyone thinks that Marshmallow is like so kid-friendly. He's really thought, but I mean, he's not, you know, but they do have kids marshmallow the costume, The, the who's
3: uh, marshmallow.
2: You don't know who marshmallow is. You need to
3: is know. it a car? Is it a cartoon? No,
2: marshmallow is like uh, a DJ. He's he's got he's got the marshmallow, the white, oh, like the marshmallow head. Yeah. He's like seeing no identity. You can't see his identity with the X's
3: over his yes. eyes.
2: So he's the Red Ranger. Um,
3: now, is there a certain Ranger that he is? Mighty Morphin, Dino Charge, um, Z. He loves them all,
2: and he's been all different types. If you look at like his play fun costumes, there's quite a few different Power Ranger. But usually, he always gravitates toward the Red. Ranger. The Red and, Rangers. he's
3: the lead right
2: well the funny thing is i sent you a picture i found a skeletor costume one skeletor costume and one power range costume in my particular spirit um in you know my neighborhood my area yes he wanted to be originally marshmallow now he is going to be she hasn't decided yet and my littlest guy we're we're kind of playing with he loves to be fireman he loves fireman sam and so we're gonna do fireman or he loves dogs all types of dogs stuffed animal dogs he's obsessed Literally, he sleeps with 40 stuffed animals in my bed. So imagine. (laughs) I have all these (laughs) stuffed animal dogs, me, my husband, and my two other dogs in my my bed. So either he's going to be some sort of a dog, maybe like Chase from Paw Patrol. So that's that. We are concerned, obviously, like a lot of parents are about COVID. I did put up a Halloween tree, which I actually did put up on Instagram. This (laughs) is
3: so cute. David has this Halloween tree. And a matter of fact, as the topper, he put a witch hat instead of like, you know, a Christmas tree would have an angel, a star. But this has a Halloween Halloween poinnacle hat, and it's just amazing. If anyone wants to see the pictures, it is on his Instagram. It's
2: super cute, and our thought is if things were to get out of control or bad, or we felt uncomfortable, we would have almost like a Christmas sort of a thing. We would put stuff underneath the Halloween tree. We're gonna cough pumpkins. We actually went to a really nice farm and did like the whole farm day. Picked up pumpkins, went on a haunted ride, and um did a whole bunch of other things already that you know we felt more comfortable because it's all outdoors and people wearing masks and all that stuff. So, which is funny because I feel like Halloween is actually the best holiday to have during these times because everyone can wear a mask and there's no excuse to not wear a mask because that's what you t- traditionally do is wear a mask. So, um, I'm excited about it still. Obviously, as a parent, you want to make every holiday regardless of what's going on around them to be special and hopefully kind of shield them from what's going on as much as you can and as much as you can, as much as you can.
3: So are we expecting uh, for Halloween tomorrow, a lot of COVID actually, I'm expecting people dressing up as COVID and tiger. This is what I was imagining was going to happen this year. Back when tiger King became a thing, I said, Oh, here we go. Everyone's going to be exotic. Joe There's going to be Carol Baskins everywhere.
2: Well, you know, what's really funny is that we're are running out of time time for costumes for my kids, but I actually, in true David form, when I was on a Zoom meeting with my law firm, <laughs> I actually had Joe Exotic as my background and I took one of my kids' <laughs> huge white tiger stuffed animals and I had it around my neck just to kind of <laughs> have a little fun with it. Everyone really enjoyed it. I want
3: to see you in that Delator costume that you sent me the picture of. I
2: have gained the COVID <laughs> 30 and uh I do not personify anything skeletal at this point.
3: But that's the magic of skeletor. He was named Skeletor, but he's got a blue body. He was so robust.
2: He was robust. Okay. He
3: was robust. He was just as muscular as He-Man, which is a little freaky because basically he's blue and he's so he's muscular and he's got the head of a skeleton.
2: It's his gym body. He's it's all gym body. It's it's all like for the beach. It's not. For like, it's only to show off. It's not for actual combat.
3: (laughs) So without further ado, top witches. Now, we both submitted 10 witches. And like David was saying earlier, we might have a few crossovers. So we're going to open the envelope. (laughs) We're going to reveal our witches. And we're (laughs) going to see how many witches that we agree on and how many witches that we found different from each other. So since David is my lovely guest, do you want to start us off with the first witch that you picked? Okay,
2: so the first witch or I should say witches is the Charmed One.
3: Yay! So yes, ding ding, ding. this, again, so we definitely crossed over with this. <laughs> uh, well, the Charmed Ones are always the top of my list as well. Three sisters, Prue, Piper, and Phoebe discover that they are witches and have a magical destiny after the death of their grandmother and then later on discover their half sister named Paige. David, why did you pick the Charmed Ones?
2: For me, they played a significant Role in my older life, adult life, and kind of bridge the gap between reality and fantasy because they had real lives. They were real people. There wasn't, it, there was obviously the element of all the magic and the different things, but it was just they had to like make money to pay their bills. They had to do, you know, real life stuff. They're looking for love. So to me, that definitely was a big because I kind of always do love the idea of the mixture of fantasy with a more grounded reality if that makes sense yes
3: 100%
2: you know there's this thing where it's like oh everything is magic and fairy dust and everything else and it's just almost too much I like the idea of you know maybe these people do exist someplace out there in the world maybe there is a such thing as magic you know because just because you don't see it
3: so that's right so the charmed ones the whole thing with them is they had to keep their their magic destiny a secret much like every other TV show where there's a heroine or heroes that have a Superman,
2: secret... Wonder Woman, every possible, everyone has a secret identity because if exposed, they would become targets. And actually, there is an episode of Charmed where they do, people do find out they're witches and it's like. A, and
3: it ends in disaster for one is, of
2: the sisters. You know, because of that fact.
3: Which actually grounded the show in, I mean, God, David and I could speak about Charmed forever. I mean, matter of fact, we've had conversations over the years, I mean, countless amount of times discussing charmed, different story things what we would have done. But charmed is grounded in reality in that sense that like David said, when they did get exposed, they lost one of their sisters and it actually stuck. So it it really did heighten the reality of the show that, you know, if they did get exposed, something could happen to them and it did make them lose one of their sisters in the long run. So okay, I know that David and I both love all of the sisters but if you had to pick who out of these witches is your favorite i cannot say
2: i've signed a contract
3: court order he cannot say which one of the sisters is his favorite i mean it is very hard because how could
2: you choose how could you choose i mean they all have their own abilities and always things um i love piper because she is She could be grumpy. The middle sister. She she could be grumpy. No, she could be grumpy. But she's also, honestly, for the most part, the most grounded of the group as far as, like, very family-oriented. Obviously, I'm a family man myself, so that really speaks to me. Um, I love the fact that Phoebe's kind of a hoe and sleeps with everything she
3: (laughs) She didn't start out that way. Matter
2: of fact. She's finding love. She's trying to find love. And I like the fact, and I love the fact that she's got a career and that she makes her own money and... Uh, Listen, they all have a gift, different abilities and powers. I love the fact that Paige, very much different than than I believe after seeing Rose McGowan, like in real life and just what she does. It's a very different personality than than her actual character, which is really good acting, I have to say. Um, Yes. I liked page and nothing against Rosemary because I really like her. i actually downloaded some from new music recently, but, um, planet nine. So nothing obviously against her. I don't mean it that way. I just mean like she did a really good job, you know, disassociating her own personality uh, from a character. Um, I like page because she was again, very much about family protecting her family. Um, acquiring powers and abilities and doing whatever and but kind of she was the comic relief for me
3: 100 percent she was
2: funny she's like my little girl mariana she's just like very quirky and funny and and kind of comes off like off the cuff says certain things and you're like oh my god and then you think it's hysterical
3: but the, off the cuff is a hundred percent page and matter of fact rose said that she based her character on Lucille Ball. I can without a doubt pick my favorite charmed one. I know who it is. Prue Hollowell. Prue Hollowell, Shannon Doherty. Honestly, I do I say Prue Hollowell and I also say Paige. I put them at, on the same level for me.
2: Yee! How dare you? <laughs> Prue people are crucifying you right now. You thought Veruca Salt was gonna get you in trouble? <laughs> Balka, whatever. <laughs>
3: Faruka Balk.
2: You thought that was going to get you in trouble? How dare you compare the two? How dare you?
3: I have to say, both Prue and Paige put innocence first before anything, and both had the most badass powers. While, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen the show, each sister has their own unique gift. Uh, Prue had telekinesis where she could move things with her mind and she could astral project where she could be in two places at once. Piper
2: can blow up things and and freeze time which works very well in the bedroom with her husband so that to me is a very powerful thing you to make it yeah, last she has
3: been she has been known to freeze her husband in the bedroom so I mean this comes up this comes up twice in the show a matter of fact so apparently
2: it was an ongoing thing for them.
3: Uh, Phoebe has premonitions, so she could see into the future, and then later on she could levitate and she w- had an empathy power. And Paige was a half mix of a white lighter, which is sort of a guardian angel. So she could, uh, it's called orbing, she could basically transport herself from location to location. And then she also inherited Prue's power when Prue passed away of telekinesis. But her telekinesis, instead of moving with her mind, she would be able to call. From an item so they all had these unique powers but i'm sorry prue hollowell out there prue hollowell she was the strongest the smartest and the most beautiful i don't know
2: (laughs) i'm sure the other ladies will be very happy to know that I am calling up. I am. That's it.
3: He's dialing. <laughs> i on Marie Twitter Cole right Rowling. now as we
2: speak. How dare you? I am contacting <laughs> Alyssa Milano right now.
3: Well, I think David picked Piper because he is the middle child as well in our family. Piper was a middle child and um, David is the middle child. Do you feel a kinship to Piper?
2: I just think that she was the glue that's kept them all together. It, at times it didn't seem like that when she kind of like had marital problems and she kind of pushed away but she never left the manor. She never attempted she to leave the manor. She knew where she belonged She and she sacrificed. She put her own personal I know that Paige did to some degree but at the same time she didn't. She also did explore she had boyfriends. She did that singing thing at a club. She did a few different things that she was doing. Piper never left the narrative of being true to her heritage as far as protecting people and being aware. She got annoyed at times and she kind of got like, was like, I'm sick of this. She lost her sister. She pulled them all back together even though, um, you know, she was devastated and I literally still cry every time if I ever see the episode when she, when they go to the cemetery. Really well done. Acting really well. Just really good. Oh,
3: 100%. Holly Marie Combs in that scene. There's an episode after Prue dies. It's called Hell Have No Fury. She confronts what's really bothering her which was her sister's death of course and, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong i
2: loved shannon Doherty's part but she also i guess it's just on a different she was on a different level like she didn't have that body thing i guess maybe because i'm also a homebody i'm not even saying i like piper the best but i just to me it's i can relate more to her shannon Doherty's character prue had the career she was authenticating artifacts or whatever at the at the buckland's and buckland's auction auction house. house and doing stuff she still did everything she wanted to so i guess i'm more of a bleeding heart and i like a little sacrifice, I guess I feel like Piper sacrificed, and actually the last episode of Charm, which I just saw recently, she does say because of whatever happened she can go back to the love that something that she lost and and start cooking and opening her own restaurant, I think that's kind of like, so she sacrificed all this time, not that they all didn't, so I guess in a way it is Piper to that degree, and I think her powers are pretty good because she can blow things up, so Shannon Shannon Doherty can fling a dresser at you anything's a weapon, as anything in the room is a weapon, but Piper can blow you up or freeze you. It's just- they're on equal footings as far as powers are concerned because you could blow somebody up or you could throw an inanimate object at them.
3: If Prue was given the chance to develop her powers, almost like there was an episode in the second season where they went to the future, Prue, I believe, would have grew into be able to move everything around her, like a, like a Jean Grey type. I believe she would have been. Listen, it's not a matter of
2: like the, what made them. What made them so good is that they all had their own flaws or had their own powers. So just on. The whole. I mean, I would just say they definitely deserve to be on the top of top 10 list of witches of all times in cinema because of the fact that they left a an lasting impression in quite a few people, also brought a little bit of a dignity to it because they showed loss and showed people struggling in real life to just do things like make money to pay your bills. Your house is falling apart and you need to hire a plumber. You know, just the silliest things, but you're looking for love and and being lied to and, you know, all of it with the supernatural aspect of it.
3: Charmed is one of our top picks. This show lasted eight years. At one point, it was the longest running TV show with female lead that was dethroned by Desperate Housewives, actually. This show is on syndication 22 years later, it's still going strong, charmed. Our second witch, which might be on David's list as well, is Willow Rosenberg from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ding,
2: ding, ding, on my list love me some willow love me some buffy that's a given
3: so what can we say about willow willow was played by allison hannigan in the buffy the vampire slayer tv show willow was everything as as a kid she was the best friend she was the comedy she was the sweetness of buffy she
2: her character was the the meek nerd girl but support always supportive friend and always trying to make sense of things and keep her friends safe obviously Obviously Buffy wanted to keep her friends safe too, but she was kind of the more sensible character, I guess. And then it's nice to see her, her progress and become more empowered and stronger. and still having that sensitivity, still having the self-doubt. So I I would say out of all the characters on Buffy, excluding Buffy herself, her character made the most progression. Like you saw her grow up, so to speak. Her character kind of become fully realized throughout the series. So for me, that's one of the reasons why Forget about the witch part. Like to me, she went from this meek, nerdy girl who had, you know, no self-esteem that I could say to a very strong, powerful person. Really, they wouldn't have. They would have never made it without her. She did so many things for all the characters, saved their butt so many times, magically. That's right. And just with being able to have common sense, she's reading these books. She's she's online, uh, you know, online looking up stuff that they, not because they were stupid, but she just had a knack for it and She was able to do research on things. So hands down.
3: She did. That's right. In the beginning, she was the tech. She was IT. In the beginning, she would research on the internet. So not only was she knowledgeable about that, but then when she did learn the witchcraft, during the show in season two, the character of Angel, which was a vampire with a soul, loses his soul because he has a moment of happiness with the lead character, Buffy. And he becomes Angelus, which was the evil soulless version of the character Angel. Willow, in the finale did this spell to bring back Angel's Soul. So it her witchcraft journey really began in season two. She brought back Angel's Soul. And then we followed Willow from like David David said to this shy, meek girl, to her being a badass witch, exploring her sexuality, and then becoming evil at one point.
2: She in,
3: which in, I know David oh, loves. Yes. David loves this finale and the crayon. <laughs>
2: So other things you didn't mention, which I definitely would mention, is that when, was it Adam? I don't remember. It was like she helped the essence. She brought the power from the first Slayer and everything and powered Buffy to defeat this super uber cyborg slash demon creation. She was able to help Buffy at the very end, the last last. Episode of the last to to basically infuse the power of the Slayer into all potential Slayers. This is she's very powerful. She's she been-
3: and when Willow became evil, she her eyes became black and her hair turned black. With a black cliche. is what I wear
2: because black is what I feel on the inside. Spooky, very goth.
3: She was emo Willow at that point, but at the end in the last episode, because she took basically I guess all of the goodness in the world, she, her hair turned white and she had this essence of the good magic inside of her and let's not forget she brought Buffy back from the dead as well
2: yeah she had like snake running through her body ripping through her skin and stuff and it was pretty torturous and she also when Buffy was dead for a time she also used telepathy so that the rest of the Scooby gang could continue to fight vampires she would like tell them okay the vampires are around the corner be careful or whatever like she was able to so basically in her own right she was very powerful really enjoyed her as far as being on the top 10 of our witch list I think it speaks for itself. Her character development, the fact that she had a heart, the fact that she... Let's be honest, Buffy, the vampire slayer, would have not survived without having Willow. Yes, all the, all of the characters did stuff for her, and but Willow definitely, by the fact of bringing her back to life, good, bad, or indifferent, still still probably would have... None of them would have been alive. She did so much.
3: They they say that Xander is the heart of the Scooby gang. They call them the Scooby gang, the group of characters, the friends that fight with Buffy. They say that Xander's the heart. I really feel that Willow is the heart of the group. I, I feel like
2: Xander kept them together in a different way.
3: He wanted Buffy at one point, then he he wanted Willow and he, she didn't want him anymore. She, he wanted everybody. Xander wanted everybody. 20 teen. 20 teen. And in the comics he ended up with Dawn, which I don't really in enjoy the, that. And in the
2: show he was more of Dawn's protector. So I honestly when Willow is becoming super powerful, angelic, whatever, uber witch, he still was the humanity. And I guess so well, maybe he would be the heart of it. He was the human aspect aspect of it the protector the common sense the comic relief so a little bit of that I remember oh my god do you remember when he got into like a, a like a, a girl fight with with, with harmony, harmony. Slapping harmony each the- other. <laughs>
3: That is one of the top scenes for me, David. I love that. They're in the they're in like the, the park and they're slapping and each other. And then she realizes
2: <laughs> she's a vampire. She's like, oh, but by the way, I'm a vampire. Even you're you're an idiot. But
3: anyway. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I love Buff. I love that show so much. So that's- I need to really I need to rewatch it. Willow. I'm so glad she's on both of our lists. She really is. And especially if you're doing witches of the last 20 years,
2: Willow has to be on that yeah, list. I
3: would, I would say. David, do you want to do one of your next Witches? Okay,
2: I am going to go with... (laughs) You're going to get a kick out of this one. So, the witches from the Volcano of Gloom, from My Little Pony.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, they're not on my list, but I know exactly who David's talking about, and...
2: So, My Little Pony, there's these witches that live on the Volcano of Gloom. There's Hidia, I believe, Rika, and Draggle her kind of like inbred looking daughters.
3: One is thin as a rail, and the other one is more plump and jolly. I
2: love them because I just loved My Little Pony when I was a kid. I love the fact that they made this thing called smooze or schmooze, if you want to say smooze, that would attack the ponies. I love the fact that Hydia out of nowhere breaks up and breaks into song about being a bad witch. She's what is it? We're witches, wizards, and warlocks. were the reason honest people purchase door locks. <laughs> I and and a little known fact, which I didn't know about, actually I had to look this up, is out of all of the quote unquote villains or bad guys in the franchise, they're the only characters that are reoccurring My Little Pony.
3: I do remember that they came because they their premiere was in the My Little Pony, the original movie. Yeah.
2: They were the My Little Pony's friends and they're the Flutter Valley and trying to drive back this sloppy purple ooze that had like a living identity, so to speak, I guess, and it was covering yes. up everything. so
3: yeah, these witches were the only, I mean, it sounds crazy that you're thinking My Little Pony, you're thinking they're just rushing their hair. No, the My Little Ponies had to fight off multiple enemies. Katrina uh, being turned into ice and frozen, but these witches that David picked, they came the closest, really, to destroying the ponies Pony and... Ponyland and, and all
2: Pony the goodness land and, and happiness, it over. but at the same time, uh, just very campy and funny. So I don't know if we have too much to say about them. Most people probably don't even know what I'm talking about. For But for me, that stuck out. I like the fact that they, you know, they brought in the, the song element, obviously, which only My Little Pony can do, that wholesome, you know, but hysterical when the girls uh, rika and draggle had to get the the flume which is like a, an L- uh, uh, an ingredient to make the witches brew there was they had to like yes. attack this plant that looked like a venus fly traps kind of a thing and it was slapping them around it's just comedy it was funny as hell for a cartoon.
3: And the giant fighter. Wasn't there a giant yeah. spider as well? Or was that with Danny and Megan and her had a fight? But Is the one
2: thing I will say, because for me, there's always criticism. I always have some sort of the criticism, of thing There's Megan, who is a human who lives on Earth, and the My Little yes. Ponies go to get her. She has a locket that, that is entrusted to her that holds what's called the Rainbow of Light. So it's basically a, a rainbow that has power that basically can fight off whatever, these different evil elements or bad guys. They entrust her to have it. That's great. But they have to go all the way to Earth to pick her up to get this When They could have just kept it. One of the ponies could have had it and they could just still pick up Megan.
3: That's right. One of the flying ponies always would have to go over the rainbow to get her. So they had to fly to get her (laughs) and go to Earth. And in this case, these witches were strong enough that they took over the rainbow and the rainbow was taken over by this purple smooth so they really are powerful witches
2: that's 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 what i'll say on that i really like i said i don't have too much to say about it but that's something that just stuck out in my head and i and actually i think anybody who knows it would be like oh that's a funny pick
3: next witch this witch might be on your list david she is a classic witch one of the earliest witches that i can remember falling in love with samantha stevens she's on my list so there you go people
2: We're, we're three, three together Three so far that we've picked
3: So David did mention in his first episode That he was cut out of the Bewitched <laughs> Live action I'm movie
2: Just disappointed.
3: So there was a connection with that But
2: Samantha Stevens <laughs> I want to tell, tell you a little side story I was told the reason why myself and another person was cut out of the movie was that we looked too good to be working in a retail store. So here's the funny part. I was actually a, a customer service personal shopper for Bed Bath & Beyond. So the scene where she's shopping at Bed Bath & Beyond and uses a tarot card to pay for her purchase because she has no money. I was in that scene and actually one of my cashiers is actually the person who rings her up. But I, they were told it was myself and this girl, Tanya, who they said looked too good to be retail workers could you imagine so I guess I outshined some of the paid actors so they kind of, you outshined Nicole out Kidman I looked too good to be working in retail Thank you. I appreciate that, but you should have kept me in the movie then.
3: They want people who look like Hollywood anyway. They don't want the normal people, so wouldn't they want the um, quote-unquote reenactment? No, they wanted
2: us to look like peasants, apparently. And let me tell you something. The, the paid actors, like the actors, like the extras and stuff were so mean to us because we were technically not like in the, um, we were not part of SAG or whatever. We were like just people. That that was my store, one of my stores that I was worked in. So you were in our you know, in our world so to speak, and you were treating us poorly. They were like they wouldn't even look at us. I'm like, you're a B. you're not even you're not even a a known actor, and you're gonna be mean to me. Anyway the flip side of Hollywood, the cruel side of Hollywood.
3: Nicole Kidman did play a version of Samantha. She was she was a witch that was playing Samantha Stevens in a reboot of Bewitched, but the real Bewitched is Samantha Stevens. Oh, Elizabeth Montgomery. She was such a lovable... The character was so lovable. She brought such beauty to their character. She was the wife of Darren Stevens, the mother of Tabitha and Adam Stevens, and the daughter of Endora. Another other fabulous witch and dora Ag- her Ag- mother when we say bewitched and we say samantha it's really this whole series in in general it's a it's a witch show everyone on that on that show was witches her i loved when her aunts and her cousins Clara, would come was like and, very
2: sweet and like oh i know, you know like she acted like she was like didn't she collect doorknobs or something Clara Was <laughs> like adorable and so like she was always out of sorts. She was always out of sorts and couldn't get her words out but just lovable.
3: Lovable. Samantha was an amazing housewife, but again, it was almost like that Lucy, I can't be in the show, this is Samantha, you can't use your magic. Her husband didn't want her to use magic, really held her back, didn't stop her, but it was that cliche that the husband, you have to be a normal housewife, you can't do these magical things, but she did anyway.
2: and She, was she saved her husband, a twitch of her nose. every pretty much every episode- So here's the funny part about all of these, a lot of these shows that were out that they, I guess by today's standards, it would be considered misogynistic and sexist. But if you look at the content, Samantha always, as much as she tried to quote unquote appease her husband, she ends up doing everything for him regardless and using her magic. Now, I would have said, you married me, I'm a witch, deal with it, you knew that when you married me, get over it, and we can live a sweet life, where you don't even have to work if you don't want to, because we can just make everything appear. She takes care of everything anyway. And I'm sorry, I would lie to my husband straight out, and I don't, not, I don't lie to my husband, I'd be like, oh yeah, I worked on this all day, I'd just twitch my nose and make a 10-course meal if I wanted to. I'm like, Please, I'm, why would you bother?
3: Well, the thing about Samantha was, in the show that we mentioned earlier, Charmed, they couldn't use magic for quote-unquote personal gain, meaning they couldn't use it for their own well-being and advancement. But Samantha didn't have that problem. She could just but use she magic- she do anything
2: like, ne- like she never hurt anybody, or even like when she had her nosy neighbors, no. like Miss Kravitz. Was it Miss Kravitz?
3: Miss Kravitz, I love that. She always would see Samantha doing something crazy. She's that neighbor that would watch you continuously what's going on next door, and her husband would never believe what she said was it abner abner
2: (laughs) yes right and what uh, so she never hurt anybody oh my god uncle arthur Eh, samantha oh
3: what can we just say now again i don't know if he's officially was out of the closet this actor but then
2: people are blind (laughs) unless i'm crazy
3: i feel that about milton Berle as well though i feel like but who knows
2: so and then there's larry tate who was played by David.
3: Darren's boss. So it was like, it was bewitched at the time. It was almost like a parallel. They had I Dream of Jeannie, which was a genie show. It was almost, Uh, you know, similar lines. But out of the two magic users, Samantha. Matter of fact, in Salem, Massachusetts, there's a Samantha Stevens statue in in the town there that they decorate. If it's Christmas, they put a Santa hat on her. Let's say there's May the 4th, which is Star Wars Day. They they tie a lightsaber to Samantha's hand. So she's out there and saying, I'm representing still uh, to this day I, I
2: really listen I remember as a kid watching these reruns like this Gilligan Island make it night. Gilligan's Island I Dream of Jeannie just brings back such great memories and again I do always remember even as a child saying why in my own mind like why would this man not let her use these magical powers to make their lives easier I didn't manifest it in such an eloquent way or say it like that but I was like why can't she just use her powers like this is crazy and I loved Andorra because she was a B-I-T-C-H and she couldn't stand. And Darren, because she's first he was mortal, and secondly, she, he didn't want her to use her powers. She's like, Why are you not using your powers? Which is the way I feel. Look up, was it in Living Color or Mad TV that did a spoof called Be Bitched? And it's like she uses she uses why do bitch I feel sprouts, like it Which is the funniest thing because when Steven pisses her off, <laughs> she she churn she went, you know, twitches her nose and becomes a bitch. And she <laughs> It is the funniest thing because she puts Larry in his place and everything, but she ex Again, somehow fixes all of Darren's problems by using bitchcraft. Hysterical. Hysterical. Love it. Anyway.
3: When in doubt, use bitchcraft.
2: Okay, so my next witch is not really a witch, but really is a witch. Because, you know, when we came up with these lists, we were like, oh, you know, I was like, well, you know, you can call a witch a conjurer or whatever you want to say but to me they're still a witch so I am picking what's near and dear to my heart um, and it was hard because there's different universes not universes but masters of the universe so there's He-Man and the she I'm picking the sorceress because she has got the driest personality in the whole entire world and I it makes me it makes, every time she talks I just want to piss my pants because she has all this power <laughs> He-Man's power comes from the power source Castle Grayscale where she resides which she oversees this magic. Yet she's always needs help, but yet she's supposed to be more powerful than anything because she draws on the power of Grayskull. She, 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 she's its keeper. And unfortunately, the poor thing has to live inside this castle alone, which probably is why she's so miserable. I think it's depression. I don't think she's a dry sense of humor i think she's just depressed so i'm gonna speak for all the depressed people out there the sorceress of castle grayskull david
3: picked the sorceress of castle Skull. just to double team this i actually on the opposite end i picked Madame raz which was a witch from she-ra so why don't we just combine the two but castle grayskull and the sorceress so
2: i'm gonna say that's a that's both of us picked the same thing because we both were like what should we pick out of this universe because he and Shira are really. They're, they're, they're crossover shows. They're part of the masters of the universe, universe, so to speak. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to make the executive decision to say that's, that's for
3: Yeah, I was going to say that's pretty much, that's perfect. I mean, they lead to themselves. The Sorceress. Okay, like David mentioned, this poor woman cannot leave the walls of Castle Greyskull unless she turns into Zoar, the bird form of the Sorceress, which is a... (laughs) The bird doesn't talk, but she uses telepathy when she leaves Castle Greyskull. He-Man! I need (laughs)
1: help at Greyskull! He-Man!
0: I must get help! He-Man!
3: But wait a minute. Couldn't she at various times, now that you're bringing this up, not every time that she needed to get He-Man did she turn into Zoar. So is it just because one day she wanted to take a stroll and she had extra time she could turn into the bird to, to get he- man because either way she did use telepathy she used those rings they would animate those rings of telepathy coming into he man 's head
2: sorcerous. so
3: but there are points when
2: Sorceress. oh sorceress
3: I love that too because when he got the message, he would be like sorceress? or he'd say
2: if he, but he would also refer to her as Zoar and the sorceress, depending on I guess when she was the bird i don't know, I think maybe she wanted to leave the castle so those times when,
3: when Skeletor's she outside the, the castle, castle. She stayed in the castle, but she could send the message to He-Man. And other times, she decided to take the bird form to get a little fly fly out there, a little <laughs> flight over Eternia. <laughs>
2: So sometimes she used a walkie-talkie short range and then sometimes she had to pick up the iPhone <laughs> and call. She had to call just through a <laughs> cell service. She was she was like, mm, maybe I'll do a Zoom conference. Let me get... She's like, my day. the fucking Wi-Fi at Castle Grace Call is down again. Now I have to go out and fly.
3: He-Man hasn't contacted me. I'm going to turn into the bird to see what he's doing. That's actually dedication. Here's the best
2: part. She could also contact Sheera through the sword because there's a stone in the sword and she could see through the sword. So she's kind of like when energy used to see spy on gem through the earring she could really technically spy on shira and adora through the the stone in her sword because he-man doesn't have a stone in his sword anyway we're off on a tangent we probably will do podcasts about all these different things they're hysterical
3: we are doing he-man and shira definitely these these shows really have i feel like formed me i know personally so yes he-man and shira will do a whole thing but the sorceress does deserve special acknowledgement because she is the one that gave He Man his power. Yes, she does have knowledge. She has. She's been around for generations. A matter of fact, her story of becoming the sorceress is a sad it, it story, very right? Much is. I and mean, she's
2: Teela's mother, and she can't reveal the fact that she's Teela's mother to her. And um, could you imagine knowing your daughter is right in front of you, your child, and you could never express? There is one episode where the sorceress gets taken, or something to that. Effect. I don't remember exactly. And Teela has to pretend that she's the sorceress to to try to scare off um, Skeletor from trying to break into Castle Gray spell. And um, that's the only time,
3: which doesn't take much. Um,
2: the only that's the only time, though, that I- I Teela feels like she didn't do a good enough job, and she's down herself. And the sorceress, aka her mother, says to her, "You know, your mother would be very proud of you." And then she gives her a hug, and then she there's tears, and it's like, "Oh my god, this is a lot." Again. Remember how we talked about in the previous podcast about Jem, like there's some certain topics? That was really hard as a child. I know that may sound silly to people listening, but that could bring a tear to my eyes now too because that's her daughter and she can't even 100%. say it. It's, you know, it's she made the ultimate sacrifice to give her daughter uh, I guess a normal life.
3: But the, you know what actually is a sad parallel in the legend of He-Man that continues now in the comics and they have official continuity books. Like we said, He-Man's been back for a few years. And a matter of fact, maybe in the new He-Man cartoon that's coming out, they might make this because it is a sequel. Teela's destiny is to take over the sorceress position for her mother. So at some point, she finds out that the sorceress is her mother, but then she gets the power transferred to her, and I believe it's the same thing. She can't leave Castle Grayskull too. So I don't know if I would enjoy that aspect of it, but Teela does inherit this power at some point. David and I often would rewatch the episodes a few years ago, and we would laugh because it's seems that as powerful as the sorceress was and castle grayskull evidently has unlimited power but when skeletor or some random villain is attacking castle grayskull what is the sorceress's most famous
2: line hey man come to castle grayskull or she'd say i must hold on i like how the characters talk to themselves like like the pep, it's like it's a pep talk oh, I must the characters. Hold on
3: just a few moments A hundred percent. It's like that same thing with Thundercats. Lion would be walking and he would be like, what is that? I feel like something is here. But they all have these inner monologues that you could hear. And yes, the sorceress was always, I don't know how much longer I can hold him. She was always holding on, but never. So there's an episode that
2: I just recently saw where Skeletor gets a dragon pearl and he uses it to magnify Inn's power. Now he's like.
3: Evilin, another sorceress of the show, Inn. Actually,
2: she doesn't need the Havoc staff, that magical staff that Skeletor. To, to harness power so first of all let me just t- i want to take just i'm going to do a side note here quickly we have to talk about in the future Skeletor's one-liners and Sheera's one-liners they are the most snarky funniest like oh my god yeah. where did you come up with this and it's just like very funny humor anyway so they're attacking castle grayskull she goes to the window of castle grayskull there's the sorceress and she's like oh skeletor we have enough problems here without you coming <laughs> Or something like that. And it's just like funny. It's so dry, but I like literally wanted to pee my pants because it was so funny. And then of course they're using this dragon pearl to fight e- using magnifying Evil Lynn's power. And she and basically the sorcerer says your power is nothing compared to mine to Skeletor, but yet she gets overtaken because he uses the dragon pearl and Evil Lin's power to magnify. And Evil And then of course so... she's gotta call hey, <laughs> You do a really good sorceress, you need to do that.
3: And I love that. Yes, she was always at that one window. It's always the top window too. She goes to the window. She looks out. She's like, "Oh shit, what's going on out here today?" And we do know from the Shira movie, "The Secret of the Sword," that the sorceress has a wardrobe because she she changes into a nightgown at the end of the night and she wears her her bird headdress still asleep. But so she's got a wardrobe in there as she well. Has to, you know, she add. has
2: to wear the 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 bird thing because she doesn't want to do her hair. This is the days of COVID. <laughs> it's like it's like her. It's a wig. It's like a wig. She's got a lace front bird wig, <laughs> bird head wig. Which let me get my lace front. So she's in. always, always ready for when Skeletor bird, bird head on. <laughs>
3: And she sleeps with it. So she's always ready if Skeletor attacks. Just to add in on here, um, we do have more witches to get to. But on the Shira side, I will just add in Madame Raz is a witch that lives in the Whispering Woods, and she would use her abilities to help the Great Rebellion, which is what Shira is a part of, to fight off Hordak and the evil horde. And Madam Raz is a creature what you is call a really twigget. twigget.
2: Is she a twigget?
3: From the research that I did that she actually is a twigget, but she's a larger well, I, can I can
2: relate, girl. I'm a larger twigget myself. <laughs> she's
3: she actually is. She's got um she's got some love, Madam Raz. She's got she's she's uh, uh, she's, oh, got, she's, she's got body, madam. She's she's
2: got a booty she's got anac- Madam anac- Raz that don't want none.
3: Madam Raz, where we have the sorceress that has a great memory and remembers things, but just can't hold off skeletor. Madam Raz is so old that she can't remember her spells. So a lot of her spells will start off good, and then she'll she'll say the wrong mm, word in the spell, and then something will disastrous happen, or a flower will come instead of a magic beam. Uh, she's, I guess, the equivalent of Orko on He-Man, but a little more capable. I think, honestly,
2: <laughs> there have been times that Madame Raz has saved the day, so she does have her place, like when Shira was thrown into a pit, into another dimension. She she threw her, you know, Craziness and not remembering spells. She knew from being as old as she was, she knew that there was a magic book that she had to get in this library someplace in the middle of nowhere. And uh there's also an episode when yeah, when when Shadow Weaver attacks Bright Moon and she uses her magic to fight off with Glimmer and Queen Angela. Again.
3: Angela. But also a twigget was involved. Wasn't no, there a broom. Twigget involved broom. too? And they have like this wo- there's like this piece of wood. Oh, it was Broom. That's right. So Broom, her her magic broom that speaks and actually. Actually is her sidekick basically they're they're one in the same he helps her but evidently broom has magic too right because when they needed a magic circle it was madam raz broom queen angela and glimmer using a making a shield to protect brighton so
2: i mean they're all they all are near and dear to her heart yes and i'm sorry but the sorceress uh, the dryness of her her speaking just makes me laugh every time i
3: the drama of the sorceress, this the fact that she is so calm, but then at some point she's really cocky and she's like, you can't fight the power of Castle Grayskull, but you can. You just give her a few hours. My next witch, this is going to be a very short one. I doubt that this is on David's list. A little mention to the Blair Witch from the Blair Witch Project in 1999. This was the movie where three student filmmakers vanish from, After traveling to Maryland and to make a documentary about the local Blair Witch legend, um, which takes place in Burkittsville, Maryland. And then there's several mysterious events over the course of centuries became blamed to an exiled woman named Ellie Kedward, who was known to practice witchcraft. And the witch is described as being covered in black fur, which is concealed under a shawl. And I could still remember in the movie, this older woman in the beginning of the movie, and she's like, hairy like a horse. The witch was hairy like a horse. So we don't really see the Blair Witch in the Blair Witch Project but this movie was terrifying and back in the day I don't know if David you remember this they were selling this movie as it was a true event thing as A matter of fact they had a documentary came out that was like this is really what happened we found this footage from these teens they're missing and they totally tried to make this into a real thing and for years it terrified me because this was the early days of the internet you know no one had the research to say like oh yeah these are just actors or unknown actors and they made this feel so real and and this story I think is just a terrifying movie. I still enjoy it to this day. I mean it was the now it's been done a million times with found footage, but this was one of the original ones. And uh I just wanted to mention Don't make this me movie. put you in the Do corner. You...
2: That's what I say to my kids. Shh. <laughs>
3: she'll put you in a corner at the end so really i don't have too much to say about the blair witch but i did want to add this to the countdown because i do feel like it is a halloween movie no it was i mean honestly
2: to me the only thing that that kind of i didn't like a blair witch was that it, it, the camera moved so much with the shaking that it almost made you feel like you had like uh, vertigo or something that was a bit annoying i think they should have within well, trying I... to make it look authentic which it was because it was the way it was filmed with these cameras that these people had. But at the same time, they should have just stabilized it a little bit. It was a bit much.
3: Although nothing is like that movie that we had seen, Cloverfield. I remember seeing that with you in the movie. We were both nauseous after seeing that. It was so shaky. And especially on a big screen, when you see like these found footage movies on the big screen affects you even more, I feel like, especially if you're prone to vertigo. So that was just the Blair Witch Project. Like I said, honorable mention. She's on my list. David, your next witch.
2: The Trouble with Miss Switch. So (laughs) do you remember that?
3: This was an animated Halloween special, I believe, like we were talking about earlier. This was an
2: ABC-like special. I think it was in two parts. It is basically a cartoon. It's from 1980 so it's long time ago so the premise of it is these kids go to school and they have a new teacher miss switch and it's Rupert and Amelia so what what names right Rupert and Amelia so they are realizing that miss switch has the ability to see behind her while she's writing on the th- on the on the the chalkboard, and that she just does one swipe of her hand while she's doing the, and the whole chalkboard gets cleaned. Everyone else is oblivious, apparently, to this. But she has the ability, like the kid was just shooting a spitball at her, and she made it reverse and it hit him back in the face yes. or whatever. Um, and then. Fast forward a little bit, you find out that Miss Switch is actually in trouble with the Council of Witches. An evil witch named Saturna takes over Ooh, the Council of Witches. Yes, is going to basically banish Miss Switch to like the Netherworld or whatever. I don't remember exactly the Dead World or whatever they're going to send her to if she doesn't come up with an original, like an original spell or original something. Like there, she has this thing. It's such a funny premise, but I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna make this really good. So there's this thing called the com- the Computer Witch or the Computer which which is passes judgment, will pass judgment on Miss Switch if she doesn't do this original spell or this original thing because. The whole premise is that, and which is totally as funny to me, but it's actually a really good metaphor for what is to come with the internet, what is to come with social media, what is to come because the computer witch at the time is basically, and this is 1980, so think about foreshadowing, right? It's challenging Miss Switch because she has old ways, meaning the way she does things is the old way of doing things. She does, she conjures things still. She does certain things in an old-fashioned way and everything should be computers. Now this again is 1980. Think about that for a minute. Where we as a society right now everything is, if you're not on TikTok if you're not doing this, you're not that then you're old fashioned and you're out of date and nobody wants to deal with you. So Miss Switch is valid in this cartoon because the kids love her. So basically Saturna the head witch has this computer witch where she's going to basically pass judgment on Miss Switch. So fast forward towards the end and the kids basically say that, this is where it's very wholesome again this is 1980 that the kids basically say that they love miss switch because of her old ways because they've learned so much as students that every child wants to go to her class because of her values her core values and the way she teaches in a um more traditional manner and because they actually say that they took a poll which is funny if if they didn't have their own mother who would (laughs) they want to be their mother and that was miss switch so that was like a sad teary like sweet part of it but it does speak to modernization it does speak to industrialization yeah, so to speak for the deep 80s, deep. saying that you will be you will be um, very very um, 2020 right now with all of our students online and we're taking out the element of teachers and and it's it's failing as far as I'm concerned but that's just me because um, i've seen it firsthand it's a joke. Nothing
3: can replace um, nothing can replace having a physical person teach you and and you know tr- try different ways to help a student learn. Nothing can replace So that, that definitely that speaks, speaks of to learning
2: today's in a very modern way and for 1980 it was really good. So it, it, it turns out the it computer
3: turns out, witch i it, forgot all
0: about the computer witch well until for you her, said that and
2: she becomes the head of the council Saturna gets basically there's a coup and Saturna, all the other witches turn on Saturna because she's she's a bitch and, and nasty. And it's funny because Miss Switch is the only attractive looking. She has these beautiful eyes. She's very glamorous. I mean, she's and, a younger the witch. She's like a younger witch. She's the
3: younger, yeah.
2: Nasty, green, and like you know what you'd see a traditional witch at least for the witches council. So anyway, did you you didn't have that on the list? Did you?
3: I didn't, but I did remember loving that the the score to that movie. I could still hear in my head uh, the music to that special. As well as a, a fellow special, the Benicula special that was aired as a cartoon. Oh, Benicula's the best! But Miss Switch is amazing, and I believe they made a sequel to the Trouble with Miss Switch. Another—I don't know if it's Miss Switch right, saves to the, the day or Miss
2: Switch to the rescue, to
3: the rest, something like that. like that. Doesn't she save them with their? That's the original, and that or was part of the original, or that of the original
2: spell movie. She's going to do. She was going to do. do something with the switching the numbers of the, the quarterback, or I was just something very wholesome again, very childlike.
3: Okay, so a few more witches that I have. We matched for four. This witch is a little more obscure. People might know it based on the remake that came out a few years ago. But this is Angelique Collins, played by Laura Parker, on the original Dark Shadows soap opera wow. from cue, the 60s. Cue
2: the Dark Shadows theme. Bam. <laughs>
3: David was a fan of, they made a 90s remake of Dark Shadows as well, which is another fantastic series if anyone wants a condensed version of Dark Shadows. It lasted 13 episodes. There's Dark Shadows movies. There was the Tim Burton Dark Shadows that did have this character Angelique. They were both blonde and they were both witches. But the original Angelique is basically one of the main antagonists of the Dark Shadows soap opera. Long story short, she was the person that cursed barnabas collins which is the vampire that was brought on to save the original dark shadows back in the day the soap opera was uh, it was a gothic soap opera but it was more ghosts and mystery and then towards the end of the, the the first run they were seeing that the ratings were done so they said do whatever you want so the creator dan curtis brought in a vampire and that sent saved the show and it became a cult classic But she was the one that was in love with this character, Barnabas Collins, and because Barnabas was in love with someone called Josette, and he only had eyes for Josette, Angelique curses Barnabas that anyone that falls in love with him will be doomed to death because, and therefore he would give them the curse of the vampire.
1: Didn't do the job well enough, Barnabas. I am not dead yet. While I can still breathe, I will have my revenge. I set a curse on you, Barnabas Collins, who wanted your Josette so much, where well, you shall have her? Not in the way that you would have chosen. will never rest, Barnabas. And you will never be able to love anyone. For whoever loves you will die. That is my curse and you will live with it through all eternity.
3: She's throughout the series this this character comes back in reincarnations. Uh she's very flirty, she's playful. During Dark Shadows, the original one goes from parallel times. They go to the future. They go to the past. They're all over the place, and there's many incarnations of the Angelique character. They're both. They're all played by the same actress. But there's more evil Angeliques. There's Angeliques that might have been a little nicer. So she's definitely a classic, classic witch that's probably forgotten by most people. She's up there with one of my favorite witches. Mm,
2: which is um, I loved Dark Shadows, the original. I loved the remake with Joanna going. And of course it ended on a cliffhanger, which annoyed me. And I hate, this is what I don't like about Netflix. They do this all the time. This wasn't Netflix. This is before Netflix, but this is what I hate about.
3: This was ABC, a matter of fact.
2: Yeah. That they leave on a cliffhanger, then do me the favor and just nuke the place or do something to give me an ending because at the end of the the new Dark Shadows, the newer version, not the movie, basically, they find out that he's the vampire, and that's how it ends on a cliffhanger. It's like, dun, 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 and it's over.
3: Right, and matter of fact, that show was cancelled, I believe, because of the war at the time in the early 90s, and the coverage was all for the war, and this show was on later on at night. It was an ABC, like, you know, probably 9 o'clock at night, so people were watching the, the news coverage of the Gulf War, and so that show did got cancelled, unfortunately. Of course, like David said, without a proper ending. There is the Tim Burton movie, for anyone with Angelique. E- not my favorite version of this story. Although the seeds. C- W is currently making a dark shadows continuation series that's supposed to come out this is going to take place after original series aired but it's going to be the current colin families let's see if it actually comes
2: out so i want to talk about a witch that i just ate up so to speak i just love this um this made me question where i live everything good witch Damn. Miss Cassie Nightingale. So I love The Good Witch. I, I don't know what else to say about it. As far as it takes place in like like a New England sort of a vibe, it's in Middleton. I want to move to Middleton. I would leave my current current residence, which I love, and current state to live in Middleton. It's like a small town. Cassie Nightingale is she has a she has a shop with like candles and different things. She she runs a A bed and breakfast called Grey House. She has a history, her family has a history of living in Middleton. Um, the Merrywick family. So it's almost like very much in the sense like the the cue of like you've got that almost like Salem history sort of vibe but you also have like the modernization. Yeah. Now as far as from I'm up to season five there's another season that just came out. Cassie Nightingale has not manifested anything like physical like manifestation of magic in the sense she's not calling for something and magic's happening but she always is the right place at the right time. She knows before someone's entering a room. She typically uses her abilities to bring bring people together for like love romance to fix broken relationships. There's always like a little fantasy aspect of it. There's always like a little bit of like the mystery room that they found in like gray house where there's a magic, you know, there's a box with a beautiful jewel and the real, and the story about the, like the pilgrim person who was in love with the the Mary wick from, um, I just love it. I can't say enough about it. It's wholesome. I'm going to tell you something. This is a, a show that I like to watch. It's very wholesome. Like there's no like, raunchy sex scenes there's no like like it just makes you feel good it's a hallmark I watched it on hallmark, Netflix right, but it's series. from home, the hallmark channel I love it it's Catherine Bell she used to be on what Jag I love Jag, her I think she's a beautiful yeah, looking Jag. woman I cannot speak enough about how I would love to live in this town like their problems some of the problems like with the, the mayor who is like Miss Mayor Tinsdale it's just funny like they're worried about like the harvest festival it's always something to do with like socialization oh, and community God. I wish and kind of like love, and they're always hanging out, going to people's cafes. This one's the cafe owner. This one, this I love it. I love it. I love it. If I could, you know, if I had to go someplace, I would, I would love to live in Middleton.
3: It's one of those places almost like the stars hollow on the Gilmore girls. It's these small towns. I'm imagining these like classy, small New England towns. I have never seen 100% of a full episode of The Good Witch. I knew about it. I knew it started as movies. I think there's like six movies so before it became the a series. Good, this is the thing. Old. I
2: always make mistakes because it's the movies are called The Good Witch or this whatever movies, but the series is called Good Witch. And I always interchange them. I don't know why, and I don't know why I brought it to you because I always like, when I'm like, wait a minute, The Good Witch? I'm like, no, no, no. It's called Good Witch. So... I don't know. You'd have to look. It's called Good Witch. But Bailey Madison, who's Grace Russell, her daughter, was on, was of on Wizards of Waddington Place right? or something like that. Max's.
3: She played when the little brother yes. turned into a girl yes. so for a so season. So that's a
2: little kind of crossover to some more magic and magicians. Was it the Waverly Place? Alex Russo, Miss Selena Gomez. Shout out the shout best out. Disney
3: character. I feel like one of the top Disney characters. Maybe Raven would be up there too, but definitely Alex Russo. I love Good Witch. Guy. I
2: love the characters. Um, I love Abigail Pershing. That's the character by played by Sarah Power, who is Cassie Nightingale's cousin, who seems to be more aware of her abilities. But again, it's never it's never 100% presented like the charm ones actually have active magic where they do things. It's always like to intuition and, you know, it's kind of like knowing things before they happen and and making things happen in a, in a really positive way. Like someone will go into the shop and she'll look at them and be like, how long have you had your headache for? Like she uses folk remedies too and she'll like give them a candle and a special herb to take that will help them and she she just knows things and I like that. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a different take on being a witch and I wonder I wonder if as seasons go on, if she will actually manifest something more than what she is. So, anyway.
3: It's more grounded in reality witchcraft of a Wicca. Like, she's more psychic gifted.
2: I, bitch, I see you've been struggling. Maybe you need a maybe you need an aromatherapy candle. But anyway. It's
3: like the Long Island medium when she's out, and she's like, how long have you um had yeah. this issue? But
2: she's just, I love it. It's a good show. It's a wholesome show. It makes me feel good watching it, so.
3: Next witch or set of witches is going to be Sally Owens and Jillian owens from the practical magic movie from 1998 this is sandra bullock and again nicole kidman this actually was based on a book practical magic i have read the book i have read just recently during covid i have read also the prequel which i believe is much better than the practical magic book and they're making it on hbo it's actually it's called the rules of magic and it takes place it's The two aunts from the Practical Magic, as them as teenagers living in the 70s in New York with their warlock brother. But so there is a prequel that is coming out to HBO as a series. I can't wait. Hopefully it didn't get canceled because of COVID, but it was in the plans. But Practical Magic, having read the book and seeing the movie, I prefer the movie version of this story. I feel like the sisters are more lovable in the movie. They have more of a sister connection The book is fantastic. It is by Alice Hoffman, but the book, I felt like more, they didn't have the sisterly aspect that the movie portrays. These sisters, actually, this movie came out right around the time that Charmed was beginning, so it was the perfect segue into Charmed. they have a book of shadows. They, they actually do magic. This movie, I love. It is a way of starting Halloween for me every year. It's one of those movies I love to watch when the days get chilly, that six o'clock when, in New York when the, it gets dark out. I just love Practical Magic. I love this movie, and I love these two sisters. Um, I, that is not on my list.
2: Not that it's not on my radar. I did enjoy the movie. I liked... The fact that the town was kind of against them and then they kind of came together to help. They come out as, as like witches. like coming out <laughs> as gay. They come out as witches. Like, by the way, all the things that you heard about us are true. We are witches. It's like, <laughs> I yes, we put our rainbow flag outside the house. Finally. Yes, we are a gay couple. We're not sisters living together or whatever, or brothers or whatever. Like, is that your brother? My oh, husband has too. blue eyes Wh- and is what? bald, what? and I have red hair and, and dark right. hazel eyes. Now no, we don't look alike at all. I, I like the movie a lot. I don't know what to say about it. I just, uh, there was a darkness about it with like with the boyfriend who yes. used Nicole Kidman's character. kind yes. of did not sit very well with me. But, at the same time, he was the 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 bad guy in the in the movie, and he was taken care of.
3: <laughs> he was taken care of, and that starts the second half of the movie. As a matter of fact, that's when they begin using witchcraft. They've always known about witchcraft but they open their Anne's spell book and then evil is unleashed and they have to deal with that. A great, great movie, I feel like, for around Halloween season. It's going to be on ABC Freeform. It's going to be on their countdown. I know you got two things every year you know it's going to be on Freeform formerly known as ABC Family, formerly known as Fox Family. You're going to get Practical Magic, and you're going to get Hocus Pocus, which might lead to our next witch. I
2: have, yes, the, Sanderson, I have the Sanderson sisters down, so we have the uh,
3: Okay, so that, David, take it away. We both have Sanderson sisters so, from...
2: So far, that's five out of ten that we've matched up with. So
3: so clearly, we are either the same person, or we're just very extremely boring I'm bell. and projectile. I know what you're going
2: to do before you do it. I've just not Manifesting. So what should I say? I put a spell on you, and now you're mine. What a
3: classic movie, Halloween. Love
2: the Disney-esque about it. Love the fact that the Standard sisters are over-exaggerated. Love the fact that they're whiny, that they're unattractive, that they're just funny. That
3: well, there's one the sister that Sarah Jessica Parker, a Sarah. <laughs> That's right. We get Mary Sarah anderson and
2: Winnie or Winifred. Um, I love Winifred. The fact that yes. Bette Mittler sings. I put a spell on you. I just love the whole sequence that she does it. I think that that really, for me, made the movie, obviously. I just think it's great. I, I think there's a very wholesome aspect of it. Maybe a little bit that's not so perfectly wholesome, but on the whole... Having
3: the question of,
2: what? What's a virgin? Um, what does that mean when he's lighting the like, candle? Um, Max loves your yabos. Is that what she calls them? yabos! yabos. <laughs> or the girl's breasts? <laughs> yeah! Um, I... Will- <laughs> She's
3: funny funniest. <laughs> she's a, she's, she's a little
2: bee But I mean, no, she's not. She's, she's I love Danny. These, I love the movie. I have patiently waited through the last decade. I feel like of them saying, "We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to make a. We're going to make a uh, either a, a reboot or we're going to bring back the original cast. The original cast has said numerous times they would do it, and in, in a heartbeat. And it has such a following. And I don't know why Disney That's- is it Disney that owns the rights to this has been so stupid and my in my um, my feeling is how stupid they have been to put this off when they've done stuff like Mulan which is a tragedy within itself. So you should have done Pocus Pocus 2 and brought back the fun and Bette Midler and all these other characters who were 100% willing. You could probably I bet you you could find that the actors that did that were Danny and Max, and they would come, and they would definitely Max come and Allison, yeah. as their adult with their children. You could have totally made this. This should have been a no-brainer for Disney, but I don't know why people do the things they do.
3: Do you, Matter of fact, do you remember that special that they might have aired two years ago on ABC when it was, or, you now it's Freeform, but it's ABC. They had the actor Max, Danny, the woman who played Allison. They are all back, and like David said, when you have a whole cast the whole entire cast agree is in agreement of doing this. But Disney, I honestly, I have a few points. So Disney, originally a few years ago, was doing a reboot. Now the reboot has been canceled. It was going to be a Disney Channel at the time reboot. Now they are doing the official sequel. Now, they did release Hocus Pocus and the official sequel novel a few years ago, which I did just currently... Um, listen to the audio book, which does bring back uh, Max, Danny, and his children, and it's the perfect and the Sanderson sisters. It's the perfect way to do it. Now, again, David's right. Why is it taking this long? Disney knows that this is a hit. As a matter of fact, I think this is the first year that Disney is marketing the crap out of this. It is everywhere. They have shakes in certain places, like Hocus Pocus shakes. Starbucks has Hocus Pocus secret menu. Um, they are doing a. Um, they have Hocus Pocus uh, ready to cook cookies in the fro- in like the the freezer aisle. Um, Spirit Halloween. I haven't been to one. I know David's been to one, but they have a whole Hocus Pocus section. So I think Disney is realizing now the money maker that they have with Hocus Pocus. So, and a matter of fact, Bette Mittler is doing a gathering this year. She always has an annual Halloween party. And she and the other two, Kathy Majimmy and Sarah Jessica Parker, are getting together for this Halloween party and they're doing a live broadcast for charity. And I have a feeling that they are going to announce when the three of them are together, that they're doing the official sequel, they're officially signed. Because there's little things in the news that keep saying they're in talks, they're in talks. I think that during this um, Bette Mittler Halloween party, they're going to announce it. That's do. my feeling.
2: It's a win-win situation. So getting back to they, the Sanderson sisters are more of a comedy routine in certain aspects of it. They definitely are evil. They draw the souls and the energy out of children and, and do, do harm to people. But overall, love them love the characters, love the music of Bette Midler singing, I Put a Spell on You, um, having the one, uh, you know, um, Sarah, Jessica Parker, she's, she was seducing, you know, and, and. Uh, and oh, I boys, love some you know, Little Children, her singing that. She's really were like she's at the party and she <laughs> wants to hook up with the boys and stuff and um, men, I should say not boys, but men, <laughs> um, but Man, I was gonna say. love it. And the other, and the sister, um, What's, oh my God, I'm missing her name. What's, what's the middle? Mary Mary rides a vacuum uh, Mary. because she can't find a broom. Mary rides a vacuum. I think the vacuum. <laughs> grab it by the court. All of it. It's campy. It's funny. Love it. Cannot wait. I really hope that they make this um, and they don't screw it up because people have been waiting for far too long. And honestly, you should have, again, I don't know why the powers of be do what they do, but to me, common sense, you'd make money off it. Even if every single person rented this movie, it went direct to video or whatever because of COVID and and, and things. they would have made their money ten times over for this film in, in, in one day probably especially if you put it out around Halloween.
3: The children that have grown up with this now, I mean yes, this came out, I remember in the back in the day it was a commercial failure at the time, but since then it has become a cult classic. This is all you hear about now Halloween and there's a generation of kids that have just been raised on this movie and they are just as passionate about it. So yes, I don't know what Disney's doing. I hope that they want to make money, especially during the current situation with how many layoffs they've been doing with the parks and everything. This is guaranteed money, like David's saying. And this is such a Halloween movie. If you want to capture Halloween, if you want to capture Halloween in the 90s, this is a perfect movie. Okay, so, my next witch always Uh. has a headache, and her name is Rita Repulsa. Ah! After
2: 10,000 years on,
3: Another show that, like David said, kids are still loving Power Rangers, and people love Rita Repulsa. I'm assuming she's, she's not on your not, list.
2: not, <laughs> but in hindsight, it should have been. Make my monster grow.
3: The best Hoodies, thing.
2: I, I love the original Rita Repulsa because, I, like you know, we've talked earlier... My son, Joe, has basically watched every version. Mm-hmm. It's Big Force, Dino Everyone. Force, this, that, every other possible reincarnation of the show. And Rita Repulsa is, yes, in the original parent, but she also comes back, so.
3: So Rita is in the first episode, which I believe is called Day of the Dumpster, <laughs> appropriately named. Uh, Rita was imprisoned for 10,000 years, and now she's free. So these astronauts open up a space dumpster that she, along with Gul'dar, Babu, Squat, and Finster, her minions, were locked in. And she's coming for the Power Rangers and Zordon. I agree! That's an intro Power Rangers is just fantastic Just for that alone And I know what makes Rita even better for me Is the voice actress for the American Dub of Rita If anyone doesn't know I'm sure everyone knows by now That Power Ranger, the footage Was a Japanese show that was filmed Even earlier than the 90s in Japan And they would splice this with Footage that they would film at In the 90s, um, the American cast But anyway, so they would dub Rita And Rita's voice is the best voice actress she does this fantastic she adds this really like and the Uh, way that it doesn't line up with her mouth is just part of her charm i feel like i
2: love the actress is machiko soga She's a Japanese. I, I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name. Well, I know she's passed away since then, so shout out. Yeah, she
3: did. But she did play Rita throughout the run of the show, which is fantastic. So the last thing I'll say about Rita is she had these cones, much like a Madonna music video, cones that would jut out from her outfit. She had her hair also in pointy cones. And really, they called her a witch. I feel like the only witch thing she really did do was throw her magic wand and make things grow if only we could do that for everything later on I love this after she married Lord Zed oh actually she did put a spell on the character of Lord Zed to marry him and they became husband and wife which lasted evidently throughout the whole run of power rangers throughout different incarnations but the final incarnation rita apparently becomes mystic mother this is the all-white version of rita she becomes a white witch witch. she becomes the most the white witch she she's she was known as rita in the dark not to be confused with stevie nicks she becomes mystic mother and a sorceress to the mystic power rangers so i love that at the end rita has a full redemption she becomes mystic mother i'm assuming she gets a divorce from lord zed because there's no mention of him anymore so that's rita love her so happy
2: she becomes (laughs) mystic mother i love the fact that she has like a new headdress that looks like um the sorceress flash Lovely Native American braids, so to speak. With the and yarn she helps, it looks like yarn Power Rangers. God, I don't know which, which version of Power Rangers, but she helps them tap into the morphing grid, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So they become Power Rangers. So she helps the Power Rangers tap into the Morphing Grid. And, and good for her that she has a redemption story, because that's people love a good redemption story.
3: And people love Rita, they love to hate her. And exactly. now they can love to love her. That's love that's to true. love your baby. Why don't you do your next switch?
2: A twofer, so don't be mad. And it's Multiple witches, don't be mad. So I have down the witches of East End and the witches of Eastwick.
3: Ooh, not to be confused. There's been many. There's been at least three different incarnations of the, the original Eastwick. was the
2: witches of Eastwick with Cher, Susan Sarandon, and Michelle Pfeiffer. I
3: just want to add that David does have a story about Susan Sarandon as well.
2: <laughs> Picture it, the Beverly Center, 1990. I don't know. um Don't hit me with your call don't hit me with your don't hit me with your car by accident anyway the witches of eastwick then they did a remake of the witches of eastwick more recently which i don't know when i say more recently that could have been 20 years ago at this point because
3: it was when charmed ended they did like it almost like they wanted to capitalize on I charmed slash I,
2: I think they could have developed it a little bit more but it of course got canceled like a lot of other things then there's the witches of east end which i loved which was filmed wasn't the house what was the house the
3: same the house is now currently being used in the Charmed reboot. as the It's the same exact house as their manor that was used in East End. the Witches of... I love of... the
2: Witches of East End. That that much like we talked about Dark Shadows ended on a cliffhanger. The, one of the main characters, uh, the love interest, is floating away on a boat someplace, apparently, and um, broke my heart because I really liked it. I liked the character development. I liked the use of the magic. I liked the the fact that they, you know, again, there's different types of witches. There's the ones that have, like, the active magic that can just call upon it. There's ones that have to make bruise and conjure things. There's ones that can read from a book. There's so many different right. versions of what a witch can do, so they kind of had a little bit of both, and I liked that because sometimes you don't have time for, you know, it's like you can't just microwave the, the <laughs> eye of it or whatever. (laughs) unless unless this is halloween town and you have pre-made brew what was what was oh halloween town
3: another Um, set of witches she
2: wasn't on my list what is it aggie who was played by
3: carrie fisher's mother debbie reynolds
2: was aggie from um, halloween town and returned to halloween town right actually there, there was three wasn't there three
3: is three of them? What's um, loved it. There are three. She had three. an
2: instant brew, like literally like, you know, minute rice, <laughs> and she was able to do it. So just a ton of a tangent, but I love that. And then she said, it. You, you know, never works out. These brews never work out. It, never the same.
3: They're the quality. Minute
2: rice. When you do, you know, which will now not no longer be Uncle Ben's, but when you do Uncle Ben's 90 second microwave pouch rice. So yes. anyway, um, I love the Witches of East End. I really wish they would have continued with it. Um, oh God, what's her name? Is it It's, it's um, Channing Tatum's Jenna. She's so pretty. She was one of the things. I loved all the characters. I love the development. I loved the magic of it. It was kind of like, again, had that sort of twist on a little bit of Salem, a little bit like older magic, a little bit of not so everything came so easily to them. Um, so I don't think you had that.
3: But. No, I did. Matter of fact, I only saw. Of course, I saw the movie with Cher, and and I did see that first season of the Eastwick that came out on ABC with Rebecca Romaine. Correct me if I'm wrong, David. From what I did see of the Witches of East End, which supposedly was supposed to take place on Long Island, but didn't look like Long Island to me. What I saw, I feel like that was heavily influenced. Of course, from the it's coming from the original source, but I feel like that was a heavy charmed influence on that way with the sister aspect and the the mother and the anthro sisters did demons almost or like creatures were inspired by charm. Of, of
2: course they did try to capitalize on the popularity of charmed. Um, well witches are primarily female. You you I have heard in shows that right, they refer right. to a male witch sometimes, but it's more they're considered a wizard or a warlock or whatever.
3: Yeah, Charmed is the only one that had good witches in general were witches no matter what sex and an evil witch was always a warlock no matter what they were on Charmed. But yes, David's right. Usually uh, witches are And it's usually through the bloodline. You don't just become a
2: witch. You don't like, you know, much like the, unlike the craft where there must have been something in them to begin with, they use the power of all the, the four, calling the four corners or whatever, which is not on my list for funny. I enough. Mean, I know. I, maybe I'm because sure. you can't say the actress's name. Maybe that's why Veruca Salt.
3: Veruca Bulk.
2: anyway you ruined it you ruined christmas how dare you
3: <laughs> christmas is cancelled but willow was another person that didn't inherit it per se from a line she kind of just taught herself and in buffy you were you were just able to read magic books and you would become a practicer practitioner practitioner, practitioner, practitioner. practitioner I'm, of I'm magic
2: that. please send me the slimming spell send me the COVID <laughs>
3: Let the object of objection become but a dream.
2: Some things cannot be unseen no matter (laughs) what you do. They're called mirrors. (laughs) Like I told my doctor when he said, you know, you need to lose some weight. I said, yes, doctor, I'm aware of it. I do own mirrors in my home. <laughs> oh my God. Did he get a kick my out of that? it's very dry. Much like the sorceress.
3: I love when doctors tell you you have to lose weight. Well, no kidding. Every doctor is going to tell you to lose weight. My last group of witches is all under the one season, but they, it's the American Horror ding, ding, Story Coven witches. I
2: two down. I love them. I love them. The Supreme, um, Cordelia Good. Okay.
3: So yeah, so there is, so many witches during this coven season and David out of the two seasons because American Horror Story did follow this up they had the coven season and then they did have the follow up season Apocalypse Apocalypse with the witches again I preferred Coven
2: I preferred Coven because it was very all witch heavy where where Apocalypse was all kind of all over the place and just at the very end you really get the witches I loved seeing them again I loved seeing Cordelia and you know even I, Madison my. Montgomery,
3: Madison Montgomery, Emma Roberts, seeing Emma Roberts.
2: Angela Bassett as Marie Laveau. I love Marie Laveau. She is the HB, oh, HB, I see yes. in charge. I love her. I love her. I love her. She Amazing. made apocalypse for me when she comes in at the last minute and she's and then she does that like Lord of the Rings, like you shall not pass thing with like hand off. She's like, yes. she sprinkles yes. that stuff and she's like, you will not pass. And she takes on like the son, the son of the devil, basically. You know, I I can't say enough about her. I love her as an actress. I think she's funny as hell. I think she's a great actress. I love Marie Laveau in this, obviously, but I love I loved all the
3: witches. Myrtle Snow, uh there was Misty Day, we have Fiona Good by Jessica Miss Jessica Lang, Fiona Good.
2: Queenie Nan. Remember Nan? Queenie. The original. Um, I I love them all. I mean, come on. Fiona Good, Jessica Lange. Another, I mean, there's so many one-liners.
3: Out of all the American Horror Story characters that Jessica Lange did, and a lot of them almost were, like we always say, Emma Roberts playing Emma Roberts. Jessica Lange was almost playing Jessica Lange in every character that...
2: I I mean, I don't think she's a cutthroat bitch. Like, Fiona Good literally killed people to get what she wanted.
3: I feel like the first season character that she played in Murder House. Oh my God, when she says that amazing line, I've had enough pain for 10 lifetimes or something with her cigarette. Can we we just have a moment when Queenie has sex with the Minotaur and and it ravages her so much that they have to bring her back to life? (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, listen, sometimes you have experiences in life that almost bring you to the brink.
3: So Queenie. Queenie was the human voodoo doll. I still don't know what that was. I still...
2: That was like, come to mama, but take me from behind. I, I have no idea...
3: <laughs> you know what American Horror Story? It's American Horror Story always starts fantastic with concepts, and then they throw it goes off the rails and becomes like
2: vile and scary and bizarre.
3: And- right, throw every random thing at you. That's what the problem is. Like the not that this is an American Horror Story ret- retrospectrum, but it's just the fact that even in when they did the insane Asylum one, they had aliens thrown in there. They had the devil thrown. It was like a, a murder. It was like five song. different elements. Well, that that season actually. is... Is my favorite but coven is a close second throw ryan murphy just throws see, all of these things, things. The most,
2: that's how he he uses it for another season so they're all connected like they go back to murder house to find out this, the roots of um, right you know from from apocalypse where where the, the son of the devil came from
3: constance 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 was the name Judy. of the character Judy, Judy, Judy <laughs>
2: I name. love that. I love that
3: old thing. But yeah, like just then we get the Minotaur. All of a sudden, there's a Minotaur. Queenie's been ravaged. A story because then, then we, we
2: Delphine La Lorette killed killed uh, Marie Laveau's yeah. man, and I guess maybe she put a Minotaur head on him. I, I don't know where that that came from.
3: Oh yeah, but it's she, almost like she did like a Frankenstein thing with wild, him, and he became this
2: scary freak show person i mean the funny part is that delphine la to me was more vile and evil and crazy than any of the witches could possibly and she had no magical power she was just a vile scary well i mean racist racist. oh my god and when queenie tries to explain to her and they go like out to like whataburger or something
3: right you think that they're gonna she's growing and she's learning at that point you're almost the character was irredeemable because of all the torture she did but they play with you in thinking that she's gonna learn this lesson now with queenie and Sadly, no, that's not what happens, of course. But then Queenie gets killed in Hotel, which is so sad. But she comes back.
2: So in Apocalypse, Michael, Michael, so if you, I mean, I don't want to go too much into it, but because people that are listening to the show, there might be a spoiler for them, but basically she gets taken. Michael Langdon gets her out of the hotel and brings her back because Cordelia can't because Powers was snuffed out by the devil himself. Try, try dealing right, with that as right, an issue. right. I mean, I'm afraid that I'm going to have to. I'm booking an Airbnb when I travel, and it's going to be the devil's going to snuff out my powers <laughs> just walking in the door.
3: Use the power of Lysol,
2: but pair of Clorox. Compelled
3: Cordelia got acid thrown in her she face. Plucked her own it eyes was, out. I feel bad for Cordelia. She
2: became the oh, supreme, which she was supposed Cord- to. Behold the supreme, the one true supreme.
3: That was actually a nice touch. I, th- I, I loved Cordelia. Miss. Misty Day. I'm so glad they did rescue Misty Day from having to relive her frog dissecting torture every day. And then we get... Billy Lord as the new supreme, the ne- the new supreme basically that right that season was that was a good continuation all of these witches in this this was a great witch I think season. it's amazing
2: I think Coven will go down for me as I mean the dark side of it obviously I mean I feel like my kids eventually could watch Charmed at a younger age especially now that it's going to date it it's going to get older a little bit but uh, Coven was just too and and most of the stuff is just too adult like the violence, the sex the scary of it the you know oh
3: coven is beyond it, 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 the gore of it charmed for sure hocus pocus i feel like it's great for kids because the humor um
2: the charmed ones i think the coven witches would be up on there i'm not sure who i put in the third slot but for sure based on entertainment well willow was powerful enough she was going to end the world so i guess as you're talking about power power the charm mm-hmm. ones recreated the world at some point with Av- with Avatars and Willow could have destroyed the world if if um, the heart of the Scooby Gang did not step in. So he was the heart, and, and you broke the yellow crayon, right?
3: The crayon,
2: and I feel like the Coven witches saved the world, like when when Myrtle Snow says. Your father didn't tell you. You have to get rid of all the witches. And so I, I feel like, and then like I right. said, Marie Laveau and Queenie, the whole, the, I, I just, I think they're so cool. What is she saying? Madison What's the famous Montgomery,
3: from as much as Miss she is. Miss Me Bitch. Or,
2: and I know the feeling because that reminded me of Bed Bath. She Bed, was in
3: Dad. Retail Hell, speaking of or retail. J.C.
2: pennies maybe Maybe Pennies, I don't know. It was like, but she's like in the towel section. And the towel section.
3: It looked like a (laughs) JCPenney. Yes.
2: And then she says the best line where, and they purposely keep the personal massagers out of stock. (laughs) So she can't pleasure herself while she's in hell. And she knows she's in hell.
3: <laughs> she was a great character. I feel like we could get another season of them. Hopefully, do you
2: have any honorable mentions? Honestly, do you have anything like I'm gonna be the most popular girl?
3: Damn, I can't believe neither one of us picked that. I, Louise Miller, Louise, Louise, with Madame Zelda Rubenstein. What a name,
2: Tabitha. Oh God, what's her name from Passions? Tabitha Lennox with little poor little Timmy. He, he, unfortunately this is like a gruesome with word. little he Timmy, right? Too, but I mean, I, I loved her. Maleficent.
3: Maleficent, yes.
2: But okay. okay. So I hated Maleficent and always had hated Maleficent because of what she did for no reason. But when you look at Maleficent the movie and get see her backstory, you see that there's a reason why she's a butt. Scary as all get out when she tells the prince, Now you have to deal with me, Prince, and all the powers of hell. And she's going after the prince to stop him from waking up sleeping beauty. She is a hardcore bitch. Like when she says to him A green um, flame. You know, when she's like Oh, you know, the years will go by and then finally I'll let you out of the dungeon. You'll be so old and you're going to kiss your bride. Ha, ha, ha. And show that true love conquers all. And then she like tells the the, the raven or whatever, her pet bird in for. In six this is this is what I'm gonna say one day. This is the first time in 16 years I can sleep well. I hope one day I can actually say that, because it's been five. Maleficent, Teen Witch, Tabitha from Passions. What anything for you that comes to mind?
3: I know after we do this, I'm gonna be in bed and saying, fat witch, of course. So those were just a few of the witches of pop culture from the last 20 to 30 years. There's so many more witches. We also, though, hope that you have an amazing Halloween. It's a little different this year. The kids might be not be trick-or-treating, but we hope that you can still stay home, maybe watch a great movie, eat a lot of candy, and then have future memories, brighter days and Halloweens when we can trick-or-treat and be free again.
2: The whole COVID thing, whether you feel comfortable or not doing trick-or-treating this year, if you really enjoy it and you have kids and you don't want to lose that momentum and that love for just having fun take out the religion aspect of it take out the whole like you know negative connotation of it some people like well we don't celebrate it It, to me it's just about fun I did it like I said I did a Halloween treat We'll, we'll still have treats we'll still do stuff we'll still carve pumpkins we'll still do a lot of the fun things. Um, we, we They're going to have costumes. We're going to have fun. and Put your costume, maybe dress up, even if you're at home. Parents need That's a break up. too, but children need a break from, you know, my children refer to COVID as the sickness. Does everyone still have the sickness? And it's so hard to say, no, I don't want you going here doing this because we're worried. So take the opportunity, whether you quote unquote celebrate Halloween or not, to use the, the holiday, so to speak, to just have fun and do silly things. Whether it's watch a spooky movie or I had my kids paint these little car, wooden carve-outs. One was like a black cat thing. One was like a pumpkin. One was a haunted house. They did that. Carved pumpkins. We went to the pumpkin patch, you know. Just try to do what you can. Yeah, cookies.
3: Even baking. You could bake a Halloween, Halloween cookies. Do You know, yes, exactly. There's so, many, there's so many activities. We hope that your Halloween this year is just as spooky and safe. And if you... And fun and fun. fun.
2: That's fun. That's fun. Forget about COVID and the election for like five seconds and just be.
3: Just be. Watch some of these fantastic Halloween movies. I know Hocus Pocus, Practical Magic, Dawn of the Dead for me. I love to watch all year long, but I watch it all the time, especially around Halloween time. That was this week's Halloween special for Radical Retro Rewind. You could reach David at Universal Appeal 2020, all one word at Instagram. And the show can be reached at Radical Retro Podcast, also one word at Instagram. Happy Halloween, everyone. Thank you so much for Happy listening.
2: Halloween. Happy Halloween.